0: You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome back, DC, your Lockdown Wizards. I'm Ben Mehich, Bolt's Forever writer, joined by my co-host, Anthony Citadino, as always. Before we get into the things we have to discuss today, go shoot us a follow on Twitter, at Lockdown Wizards, then head over and subscribe to the Lockdown Wizards podcast if you haven't already. We're on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you might listen to your podcast. Anthony, we have a lot to get into today. The Wizards rattled off two straight wins against the Wolves and Nets. Now they look towards the uh, 76ers who so they got a first taste of in their first game. The first game didn't really look uh, or or pan out the way they wanted it to. They had a double-digit lead, lost it. Joel Embiid scored 15 of his 29 points in the fourth quarter. That was kind of a sort of uh, sneak peek into the Wizards' troubles, which they've turned around over the last few games. So I'll toss it to you, Anthony. Why is Wednesday's game going to be different than it was opening night on December
0: 23rd? Well, it's not opening night, right? Um this is going to be a much different matchup. Scott Brooks seems like he's being more consistent with his rotations now. And, you know, right. The game one of the season, there was a lot of uncertainty. Mo, Mo Wagner was getting minutes. I mean, Troy Brown was still playing over 20 minutes a game. Isak Bongo was was starting and, and you know, now it's not really like you know, we haven't seen Isak play since, since Rui has, you know, come back. I mean, I mean, he hasn't started or anything, but, and, and, you know, how old Neto he was, he got 10 minutes that first game. And now he has more of an established role as we've talked about. So, yeah, I, I see this night, I see this game being much different than opening night. And granted that was, I mean, this, you know, opening night, that was, I mean, Russ's first game with the team and there's a lot of uncertainty, right. And like, there's a, they, they don't just mesh automatically right away. So there's growing pains, right? And and they didn't they didn't play that bad of a game, too. 113 to 107. And you know, Russ had one of his classic triple-doubles. Bradley dropped, you know, 31. And we didn't really see a lot of, you know, other guys, you know, that's when Bertans was still on his minutes restriction and Thomas Bryant, you know, he just he he had one of his rare um, you know, bad shooting nights. If he plays anything like he played against Brooklyn, that this game's in the can. I'm, you know, I already, I'm already picking the wizards, but if, if, if Thomas Bryant's going to put up close to 20 and 10 or more and shoot that well from three and efficient from the four overall, just, yeah, I, I, uh, I I see Washington winning easily.
1: And I think it's a good point to raise about Thomas Bryant, because I think in this matchup, it's kind of a bar setting sort of matchup where Joel Embiid has set the bar. He's, he's, I think, the gold standard for a center in the league in terms of the sort of output he has offensively and defensively. You mentioned Thomas Bryant not having his best game. Uh, the initial matchup probably had the worst game that he's had all season long. So how is he going to compare? I mean, he did really well against the Nets um, and, and the Wolves. The Wolves were missing Karl-Anthony Towns. The Nets were playing small at the end there. He was able to dominate Jeff Green. This game's a little different. Joel Embiid on any given night is the best center in the NBA. Uh, one of the best defensive centers in the NBA. He can shoot it from outside. He can score inside. He's got a soft touch. I mean, When you think of a prototypical star center, what you want in your big man, if you're lucky enough to ever get a big man like him, Joel Embiid is that player. Uh, of course, we, we, we've we talked about his sort of mentality. If he has what it takes to become the best player on the on a, on a championship team. We're not sure of that yet, but the talent is there. So for Thomas Bryant to solidify himself as one of the best centers in the NBA, he's going to have to keep playing at the level he has against players like Joel Embiid. And you're right, if he can, I think that's going to be a sort of certification stamp and cements his place as one of the best centers in the league. And if the Wizards are able to get that from them, then you're right. A a win isn't going to be that unforeseeable against the Sixers or anybody else for that matter.
0: Right. And... Embiid, he played, he was absolutely sensational opening night against Washington, 29 points, 14 rebounds. And yeah, they were cruising. Right. And Tom, you know, Thomas Bryant now has gone up against Embiid guys like um, Vujovic uh, from, from Orlando and right last, you know, you know, their last game against Brooklyn, they were playing a little small at the end with, with Jeff Green and, and, you know, Carl Towns has been out for, for Minnesota. So now, there comes a big test for, for Thomas Bryant. And I, I see him having a good game. I see him having a much better game than, than, than the season opener. He, he's going to shoot much. He's going to at least make one, one tray from outside. He's, he's going to play, play much better on the defensive end. And right. I mean, I feel like we've seen him. I know it's only been seven games, but we've seen him already become a much better defender And my, from what I've seen, at least, at least intensity wise, at least, you know, how, how much he hustles on that end. And, and right. We, we kind of think that how can he have any more intensity? I mean, if anyone wants watch watches Thomas Bryant play, right. He, he has all the intensity on the floor pretty much. And, and yeah, so if he, if he brings that against Embiid, I, and I, I know that they have, you know, Dwight Howard backing him up too. So they got, they got some good centers. And if, he, if Thomas Bryant is knocking down his shots, if he's playing solid on the defensive end, um, I think, you know, no matter what Brad and Russ, they're going to get theirs. And if we, we, you know, if if Davis Bertans can come off, you know, the bench and, and pouring some, pouring some points, some, some much needed threes and right. We, we don't know about Rui, right. I mean, this could be a big night or that could be a big night for Rui against Tobias Harris. Great, great matchup coming up on, you know, that's those, a,
1: It's one of those rare games where all of the eyes aren't on Russ and Brad, right? right. The, the, all eyes are going to be on Rui and Thomas Bryant. I'm glad you mentioned the energy. Joel Embiid won't sit there and take Thomas Bryant – you know, screaming towards the sky after getting an offensive rebound or an and one. Oh, Joel yeah. Embiid is a sort of player to give it right back. We've seen him do it with Pascal Siakam. We've seen him do it with Blake Griffin. We've seen him do it countless times with Carl Towns, who we mentioned earlier. Right. He's the sort of player where if you try and, uh, try and show that sort of energy and that... um you know, that intensity, he's going to match it and he's going to give it right back and try and get under your skin. Thomas Bryant has had issues with that in the past where he gets rattled and he's unable to contain his energy and it hurts him. So that's another sort of aspect of his game that we'll see if it's grown because Joel Embiid is going to try and get under his skin. And if if, if Thomas Bryant isn't able to contain it, it's going to hurt the Wizards.
0: Joel Embiid is under my skin, and I'm, and I'm sitting on my couch.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that's that's something to watch for. I mean, look, we saw Thomas Bryant kind of lose his cool with Blake Griffin uh, earlier in the season, or in the preseason, rather. So
0: absolutely, and and you're 100 percent right, Ben. He, I, anytime something goes wrong for Embiid, anytime anyone is flourishing on the other end, I mean, you do likely see something from Embiid, whether it's whether it's you know, malicious. Whether I mean. Not and not in that way, like a like a Draymond Green. You know, I'm, I'm going to kick everyone now. Like, but but Embiid he does. He 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 just he just picks at you, especially you know, and he's a bruiser. So it'll be it'll be great to see how Thomas Bryant will respond to that because I know we've talked a lot a lot about Thomas Bryant's um his his temper uh, early in his career with the Lakers and early days with the with the Wizards. He he's done a great job. Of of honing honing that and, and and using that in a in a it, it, in his effective ways on offense and he doesn't you know throw fits like he used to anymore, I guess, I mean I got faith in him. I think he's going to keep his head, keep his cool, and um, get this win. It also doesn't hurt
1: that he's playing at an elite level. Right. right, it's a lot easier to keep your cool when you can give it right back to Draymond beat and that's what is going to make the difference with the Wizards. In the past, where he's gotten gotten sort of irritated and picked up cheap files or picked up technical files or what have you. He wasn't the player that he is now. Now he doesn't really need to give it back verbally or try and, you know, do some demonstrative sort of scream or whatever. Now he can contribute with his scoring. I mean, he's the most efficient center in the league. So uh, that's definitely, I think the key matchup of the game.
0: So Ben, I want to, I definitely want to get into more stuff about Thomas Bryant and how, how he impacts his team. I also want to get into more of how Russ has impacted this team and how? I mean, he's averaging a triple double, right? And and how well he's he started off? I mean, maybe not, you know, it's not translating into wins, but he has started off really, really great in my mind. Also, um, another player that has started their season off great, big, big fan favorite on this show, John Wall. I mean, it may t- be a little too early to get into talking about that trade, who won that trade, but I want to get into that in the next segment. But first, guys, I want to talk to you about bet online. Are we ready for some football? College football heads towards the national championship with a huge matchup. NFL regular season just finished up with the playoffs right around the corner. There is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Justin Fields shut Dabo Sweeney up on New Year's Day, and now Ohio State is set to take on Bama this Monday for the national championship. Who is your pick? Don't sit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. Betting on the Washington Wizards doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, D.C. You're still Locked On, Wizards, here with Ben Mahich and myself, Anthony Cidadino. Ben, I know it's early, seven games early, real early. Um, Is it too early? I don't know if it's too early to start talking about it, but we've seen Russell, we've seen John. I am so, so through the roof to see how well John's been playing. Love seeing what Russ has been able to do. Um, So I guess, I guess let's talk how Russell has done so far with his new squad compared to how John has played with his new squad.
1: I think Russell right now has looked just as good as I anticipated. His shooting numbers haven't been as good. It's not like we expected him to be efficient anyway. He's been pretty inefficient throughout his entire career, but he's been less than efficient, I think, than anybody expected. He's shooting 39, about percent from the field. He's averaging a triple double. you mentioned that, 21, 11, and 12 amongst the league leaders in assists per game. John, I think, has outplayed his expectations for me personally. I mean, he's looked fantastic. His burst... Um, his athleticism, his speed, all of that has been consistent. He's looked like the old John Wall. The John Wall that Wizards fans that are listening to this podcast today fell in love with right. in 2010. He's looked like that same John Wall, and I'm so glad. And he's been efficient. He's averaging 21 uh, points per game. He shot 45% from the field. Um, he's looked like himself. The fit with James Harden isn't the best, but nobody really expected it to be. When James Harden was out against Sacramento on January 2nd, John had 28 points and he looked like the old John Wall. I mean, I can't stress that enough where he wasn't hesitating to shoot. He dominated the game and he led the Rockets to victory despite not having James Harden. So he's still capable of leading teams to wins at this point in his career, off an Achilles injury. I mean, him and Kevin Durant are rewriting history with with the way they've looked coming off Achilles injuries. No longer is this a death sentence for you as an NBA player. So that's been huge. But I will ask you, I will ask you, Anthony, Wizards are two and five right now with Russell Westbrook. There was a point in time where they were 0 and 5. And I have I have to say, I, I saw the way John looked in Houston and I and I asked myself, would this team have been better? And it's too early, but you know what? We're gonna do it anyway. Is it is it too early to suggest that the Wizards would have already had more wins than they do at this point with John Wall? Or or do we need to pump the brakes?
0: I see, for me, I I am definitely gonna pump the brakes on on the winner of this trade, I guess, right? I for me. I know we've talked a lot before the season, um, off the record and stuff, and you know how I felt about John. I, I definitely thought that John was going to come back with, you know, as good as he left, you know, he he hasn't played in two years. I get all that. He's coming from a gruesome, gruesome injury. And, and that that's really tough to, to overcome, but, seeing all the videos, seeing everything that he did practice wise, and just hearing things that other NBA players were saying about John while they were working out with him. I had, I really didn't have any doubts that, that he could still play at it at, you know, at an all-star level, all NBA level. Um, he still, in my mind, he proved that he's still one of the fastest, if not the fastest player with the ball, without the ball in the league. We saw that against Sacramento. De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox. Everyone was drooling over De'Aaron Fox when he first came in the league. Well, how fast he was! How his pace, his pace of play. How quick he moves with the ball. They were already deeming him the you know the fastest player in the league. John locked him up. There were I, 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 on the occasions where he was where, where he was guarding him. It was just great to see. He was beating him up, up and down the court every single time. I mean, we're talking about thirty year old John coming off. You know, he hasn't played in two years, and he still got it. I love it. I absolutely love it. And you brought up KD too. I I I was rooting so hard for both those guys. Of course, and and, and everyone was. I mean, who 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 the hell can just sit there and root for someone to like, you know, get hurt and, and not play well. Basketball is better with these guys. Basketball, I mean, sports are just better with with guys like this. So, John I think has played absolutely sensational along with I mean, Russell has played great great too. I mean, Russell he hasn't really skipped a beat, right? Everyone is so used to oh another triple double. I mean, like you know, people react to that as he scored nothing, right? right. I mean, people react to to him scoring triple double like it's a bad thing, you know? Oh, stat padding this, boo hoo that, you know? And and I'm you know the listeners probably already know I've, I've already made comments on it. I'm not one for for that slander. I'm not one for the stat padding because if you can get a rebound, you get the damn rebound. You see someone open, you pass them the ball. Right. The
1: one difference here, Anthony, where I've obviously watched John play in in Houston, um, the one difference between those two has that which has really, really surprised me is the fact that John has been a willing defender. Like he's thrown himself, thrown his body around in the paint, and he's went for block shots as he did in the past. Right. And he's also driven to the basket at a considerably higher rate than Russell Westbrook has. No fear. And another thing that's kind of weird to me is the fact that the Houston Rockets have put zero restriction on John Wall. He's played 36 minutes a game. He will play back-to-backs. Russell Westbrook hasn't. Russell Westbrook sat most of the preseason, and he's not playing back-to-backs for the Wizards, which leads me to the question to you is this going to hurt the team long-term with the way they're managing Russ? And is it okay for the Rockets to play John the way they have? I mean, we're not doctors, and of course we're not a part of that medical team, and we're assuming that they gave him the stamp of approval. But the Wizards, the Wizards wouldn't have played John back-to-backs, and they certainly wouldn't have played him 36 minutes a
0: game. 100%. I mean, Russell's coming off of a uh, of a healthy year, and he's not playing back-to-backs, right? Right. And, you know, we don't cover the Rockets. We don't know what's going on with the Rockets, but if the Rockets feel comfortable playing John Wall, 36 minutes a game, letting him play the way that you just described how much more he's getting to the cup, how much more he's driving, how much more he's, he's really putting himself out there on the defensive end down low and, you know, banging with guys. They, they obviously see something in him that, you know, it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a go. Everything is a go with him. They're, they're not holding back whatsoever. And that says a lot about an entire NBA organization, you know, making that decision about someone with his caliber coming off of an injury. They have crazy faith in him, playing him 36 minutes a game, you know, no rest on back-to-backs. That's – I – and I love seeing it. I really, really do. Um, now, on the side for Washington, does it hurt Washington with Russell not playing back-to-backs? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and I mean, that that's, that's your best player or your second best player on any given night. And he's not on the floor. It, it's going to hurt your team. I know that they got the win over Minnesota without Russ, but that, I mean, and, and and then you have all those, those idiots on social media saying, Oh, you know, you know, they don't need Russ to win. I mean, that's just bogus, right? And they're playing against, they played against an inferior team in, in Minnesota without their star player either. And, you know Washington just shot really well defended really well didn't turn the ball over that much i mean they they are a great team they have great talent and russell not playing back to backs seeing him not playing back to backs and seeing john you know having no restrictions it's you know it's i mean yeah it's a little upsetting for me because obviously i i you know we want to see russ play as much as it you know as he can right i mean he's not he's not injured or anything but he's not injured reported to us i think that you have said that that there are some people covering the organization that think maybe he he might be have might have an injury.
1: Yeah, there's someone in particular I'd rather not name him right now, but I've heard that he's maybe dealt with some injuries, maybe nothing serious enough for him to warrant sitting games or sure. something that's worth putting on the injury report, but look, he's 32 years old, he's played a long time and and I think they want to be cautious and they don't want to end up in a situation where they you know without their star player. And I think another interesting part here that you mentioned not having him hurts obviously production wise, not having his triple double, his points, his rebounds, assists, it's just gonna hurt the team. But I think in another way it kind of hurts the team is the way they they flow, right? It's one thing to play with Russell Westbrook, it's another thing to play with Howell Neto with all due respect. So it's kind of hard for the team to find organization and a rhythm when you're constantly playing with that with or without one of your best players. So that's another thing. But we talked about health. John's healthy, hopefully Russ is healthy and he stays that way. Anthony, you also know I'm a health conscious guy. I really also care about what I put in my body. And that's why I eat Bilt Bar. Look, whether you're looking to lose or maintain weight, Anthony, you should give yourself a chance to indulge with a delicious treat. My favorite flavor is cookies and cream. And the crazy part about Bilt Bar, Anthony, it's healthy. It's low calorie, it's low sugar, and it's high protein, high fiber. Remember, Anthony, when I was in keto for a year and a half, I hated my diet because I couldn't indulge. But guess what? Built Bar is for the perfect any sort of diet. You get to indulge. And guess what? If you order now, you might end up with a free cooler while supplies last. And go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. If you want to get basketball smart, it starts with listening to the Hollinger and Duncan podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger joins the Dunked On podcast host, Nate Duncan, to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis. Subscribe to the Hollinger and Duncan today, wherever you get your podcasts. Anthony, we're back with the Lockdown Wizards podcast. Since so the Wizards are playing the top seed of 76ers tonight, I wanted to look take a look at the standings really quick. The Sixers are first. There's some surprising teams in here that I don't think right. any of us expected at the beginning of the year. The Magic are second. The Pacers we thought would be competitive. Boston's there. Then we got then we have the New York Knicks in the fifth spot, followed by the Cleveland Cavaliers, and then the Bucs and Hawks. Obviously, that order is kind of odd. Which of those teams that are currently in the playoff picture, mainly the Magic, Knicks, Cavs, and Hawks, (laughs) that otherwise weren't predicted to scare you? Are any of these teams scaring you in in terms of potentially knocking the Wizards off course in their playoff hunt?
0: I mean, I think that you really can't overlook any team, um, especially a team like the Hawks that have added ridiculous depth and, I mean, so many new pieces. So the Hawks, I will – I mean, I'm, I'm not overlooking the Hawks. I mean, they definitely could be a playoff team. Uh, and, and the Knicks do I think the Knicks are a playoff team I don't know I mean I, I don't think the Knicks are a playoff team but Julius Randall has showed that he's he's really playing and unbelievable he's he's just playing at such a great rate facilitating I mean he's putting up crazy numbers the Cavs I don't I'm not yeah okay like pro- the Cavs I'm, I'm probably the least sold on I'm not, I'm not sold on them at all. Like they're not, they're not going to, I don't think they'll pose a risk. And the magic, like we talked about earlier in the season, I I'm, I'm not overlooking the magic every year. They're, they're pretty much right on the bubble and and that's competitive basketball. If you're right, if you're, uh, if you're making the playoffs pretty much every year or, or just missing them every year, I mean, that's like, you're a competitive team. So, and we we talked about where Washington may end up, Maybe they'll surprise us and, and go on a run, but we're we're probably looking at if, if they make the playoffs six to eight, right? The six to eight seed. And you know, or- Orlando, they're usually around that. I mean, and and now they got guys like you know, you know, Terrence Ross that's really been playing great. And Markel Fultz really your boy, your boy Markel. He's looking good. He's looking good. So I don't know really about the Knicks, Cavs you know, those two guys, but I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from the Hawks. They can be right there. Orlando can be right there, but obviously, you know, the heat, are, the heat and the nets are not off to, you know, the start that they want to be off to, obviously, like they're going to be there at the, at the end of the road. Right. They, I mean, the M- Miami is just fresh off a finals run. They they're bringing back pretty much the same team and Brooklyn, I don't know what you're where you're, you know, standing with this, but I, I I have Brooklyn, you know, as as my top team in the East. And then yeah, the Bucs. The Bucs are down here four and three. They didn't start up. Not a lot of these great teams are starting off with the, you know, at at the with, with the best record. So right now, um, I'd say, yeah, the the magic could pose the magic and the hawks could pose an issue for 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 Washington hundred percent. The Knicks and Cavs, maybe they'll prove me wrong. I don't think so.
1: There's oh look, Anthony is super optimistic about the Wizards, but when it comes to the Knicks, if you told them they'd make the playoffs within the next hundred years, Anthony would call you crazy. But I want to I want to go on a little mini rant real quick. You mentioned Julius Randle. There's people who cover basketball, especially online, who repeat these common tropes over and over. And Julius Randle has been a victim of that. His stock as a basketball player plummeted just because people pulled him and made him out to be a bad basketball player. was inefficient, couldn't shoot the three ball, and was a horrific defender. And here we have it. He's averaging nearly a triple-double, and he's leading the Knicks to a respectable record, albeit obviously early in the season, and I don't think they'll make the playoffs either, but they're a scrappy team, and they're going to remain a scrappy team, mainly because of Julius Randle, and he's been leading them. He's a guy who I think has all-star potential, and he's played at an all-star level for a really long time, but he's gotten hurt just because people repeat these often misconstrued conceptions of players and he's gotten honestly kind of he got the bad end of the the deal just because there's this narrative around him but a team that I want to talk about just for a second Toronto has really surprisingly just looked flat out bad like they're not a team that like the Wizards have have new pieces and have to wait around for them to get put together their main core has been there for years Pascal Siakam Kyle Lowry these guys have won a championship together Siakam looks like a looks doesn't look like himself he looks like a player who hasn't played with the same sort of energy that he had to play with to earn his name right now he's he has that name and 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 the star power and he doesn't isn't playing at the same sort of level that's an interesting team to watch but I think you're right Washington is right there with the rest of them Atlanta I think everyone should be afraid of Atlanta because once they do find chemistry they're going to be they're going to be a terrible matchup for everybody in the league
0: they really will and I mean that kid Trey Young he's just he's just insane he's just great I I love watching him play and he could definitely play a big role in leading them to a, a, a great play, you know, a, a, a playoff, you know, appearance. And now he's got a guy like Rajon Rondo to really, I mean, to take advice from, I mean, this, you know, you know Rondo's got two rings. He's been through it all. I mean, he's, he's played with some, some great, great players. And he's been a, he's been a good point guard in the league for, for a while. And now I'm guessing that he's taken Trey un, under his wing and that, you know, that can only you know, lead to success. I mean, coming from a, you know, a championship point guard from, you know, from, from his standpoint. And, and yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know where the bucks really are going to end up. I, I, I don't, I, I mean, like really the East it's, it could be a, it could be a big, a much different year for the East. I mean, seating wise compared to compared to last season. I mean, to Toronto might not make the playoffs this year and which could lead to the end of their, you know, their core. Right. And then, like you said, they've been there for years. When is that train going to end? Right. They, you know, they lost DeRozan or they, they traded DeRozan made, I mean, made a a championship move in getting Kawhi then, you know, then lost Kawhi and was still a great contending team with, with Pascal and, and guys like, well, they they lost Marcus Saul. Um so I don't know. I really don't know what the what the future holds for, for teams like, you know, Toronto and you know, the Hawks, really. But you got to imagine the Celts will be right up there. Philly will be right up there. Brooklyn, Miami, they'll be right up there. Um, yeah, will Will Indiana be right up there? That's will, a team. That I, I
1: mean, they've looked fantastic. And, and the players, Oladipo, Miles Turner, everyone has spoken so highly of their new coach. That it really suggests that they're they're figuring it out and they're playing a style of basketball that's conducive to winning in terms of they're utilizing every single one of their players on the roster, whether or not they're they're being played. They all understand their roles and they know what it takes to to play those roles at a high level and to and to succeed for their team and to kind of do what they need to do to contribute for the team. Whereas last year, I don't think that was the case. There were question marks about even Oladipo whether whether he'd stay there. But right, I think this right. also speaks to the quality of basketball in the NBA right now, we're looking at the standings. Everyone from one through 15 really can compete on any given night. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the bulls who we expected to be really bad, they beat the wizards twice. They're and, off to a great start for them. And and they looked pretty competent and, and they looked like they had some sort of flow to them and, and they understood their roles as well. So no longer are we in, a, in an NBA or an Eastern conference for that matter, where you have solidified eight or nine teams that might make the playoffs one through 15 really on any given night can give themselves a chance to win. And that makes the situation a lot worse for the Wizards, who put kind of all their chips on on the table with Russell Westbrook, hoping that he could put them over the top. And I get why they did it, of course, uh, with John being hurt. But yeah, the road to the playoffs with the Wizards, just after looking at the standings with you right now, is is not going to be an easy one. And and it starts really Wednesday. How how are they going to look against the top seed of 76ers, a team that I predicted would be a contender this year?
0: Right, and they're looking to be that contender right now. Indiana, I don't know. They just lost lost TJ Warren, their bubble MVP, so I don't know what's going to happen with them down the road. Um, the Wizards, you know my pick. I got them beating Philly Wednesday night and, you know, continuing this win streak. Going on a three-game win streak. If they If they are three and five by the next time we talk on this show, what what's you know what's your take on how they bounce back
1: i mean if they if they if they go three and five if they beat philly i mean it really shows that they're capable of beating any team in the nba and that in due time there will be one of those teams that are competing for one of the top spots in the east but i don't know Do you have anything else should we leave them with one more hot take about ones about tonight's game
0: you know yeah. Well, why, why don't we end this with some hot takes? I'll, I'll get, I'll get some people going. Why not? I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll give a hot take right now. Philly, Boston, Miami wins.
1: Wow. Wow. I asked for a Wednesday take. He said, I'll give you the whole week and we're going to go streaking. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. So for my hot take, I got Rui Hachimura 25 points and a wizards win. That's what, that's it for us tonight. Lockdown wizards, the games tonight at seven o'clock, in Philly. Hopefully we can keep the street going. Otherwise, the next podcast might be a little bit more depressing. Thanks for listening. and you got anything else?
0: DC, we love you. We appreciate you. We can't wait to rock with you tomorrow.